Your Dungeons and Dragons adventures are broken. Just like your life. <laughs> Here's how to fix it. Welcome, heroes, to the Kurt Academy. I am your host, Justin. I'm your co-host, Dan. I'm your co-host, Brandon. We hope to inspire you with new and creative content for you to bring with you on your next Dungeons & Dragons adventure. So, if you're watching live, we're going to be doing everything a little different. Uh, We're experimenting, so if you're hoping to see the UTTs and you love them, don't worry. Um, I know we're going to be ending the show after the main topic, but we'll be releasing all the UTTs throughout the week as we did with the previous episode. So hold tight. If oh, you listen yeah. to the podcast, it'll be an extra bonus ep- episode. So uh, Silverwolf defines broken. Is that like when you accidentally like break your economy in the game? Define broken. Well, if you want to find out what we may broken, keep on watching. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, so, yeah. So just uh, hang in there. Um if you uh, we would like feedback on this, so please comment and let us know what you see or what you like and what you would like to see more of um, as we're experimenting. Um, it'll help us, and this also means you'll get two episodes of Crit Academy in your ear holes a week. Oh, that's too much of us. Occasionally, characters decide to go exactly in the wrong direction. Would you guys agree? Yeah. Um, unfortunately, that's part of the game, and that's what makes D&D yep. and other RPGs so fun and engaging do either of you run uh modules at all or published adventures when i do run stuff yeah you do right Mm -hmm. now i know there's some people out there that prefer to do all their own homebrew stuff and that's perfectly fine but to pretend you don't make mistakes too well that's just foolish despite what some people generally believe and what the memes say the dm is in fact not always right yeah we make mistakes the good thing about the difference is we're good at sweeping it under the rug, so nobody notices as much. <laughs> well, I think I am. I'm sure you guys catch it all. So, um, when your characters are and your players, you've got this well-lit uh, path. You're either reading out of an adventure module. Me, personally, we've streamed our descent into Avernus, our planes uh, shifting to uh, Ravnica, as well as... Do we, do we do the... We didn't stream the one before that, did we? Uh, no. The Storm Giant, King's Under? No. But anyways, um, and those are all published adventures. Now, to say that they're perfect is, it's not true. Well, pl- the plane shift just wasn't. <laughs> wasn't perfect? No, it wasn't. That. No, it wasn't pre-published adventure. Oh, yeah, no, it wasn't. So, uh, the the, fir- the other two were. So, um, one thing you'll notice if you pick up pre-published modules is some, a lot of them are written differently. Um, they take different kind of formats and styles, and some are better than others. Um, what? And sometimes we have to make adjustments on the fly, um, or make adjustments just throughout the process in general, whether it's our own, um, or what's published in the adventures because our players decide to take a shortcut and the adventure designer, uh, did not, (laughs) did not anticipate something. Right. And so what do you do at this situation? Right. Well, Panic. Panic is dude, that's one that happens to me quite often is panic. Um Gotta think on your feet. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go east. Fuck. Uh Silver Wolf, uh, Silver Wolf makes a good uh, point. Even Matt Mercer makes mistakes. 
It's yeah. because people are human, and everyone has yeah. put poor Matt up on a pedestal that he's got to live up to this. And I'm glad he basically just tells all the naysayers to piss off, run your game yeah. how you want, and I'll run mine how I want. He's also a very organized DM who's who's a voice actor who works with a bunch of other professional voice actors, yeah. so... Can't kind of compare. But anyways, <laughs> so what do you do? Um, well, for me, there's and I've done this before, and let me know if you've done it, is I've basically just asked my players, hey... Um, y'all are, are that, that pillar of smoke in the, the, the East is where you're supposed to go. If you guys go West, I really don't have anything published or ready to go. So, um, if you want to go that way, we're going to have to stop and give me some minutes, a few minutes to come up with something, or you can just go the other direction. Um, that's honestly one of the simplest solutions, but is also the worst solution. Yep. Right. Because now they know that you don't have anything prepped. What do you guys think about that so far? I think one what a couple of memes I saw the other day and a few comments did uh, do a good job of like uh, pointing this out. Like if someone goes into a direction, but the meme was the illusion of choice where it showed like two different directions. We're showing two hallways, but it's actually was two hallways had a wall down the middle of, of it <laughs> <laughs> in the same spot. And one commenter did say, well, I just know that no matter which directions they go, they're going to come across an elf that needs help. <laughs> yeah, and, and honestly, I do that a lot. I call that modular adventuring, where yeah. uh, it makes it easy. I've got chunks of story that are going to happen. Yeah, and generally, I can move. They're they're modular to the point that I can move them yep. to any uh, freeway I want, no yep. matter what path they take. Nothing about a good example. of This was the publisher Telltale Games, who of course released like story based video games. Mm-hmm. And, like during my first playthrough. Through, through for like the, the Walking Dead season one, I'm like, oh wow, I get to make all these choices. I think that does all these things. That's amazing. Then I talk to other people online. Wait, the same st- stuff happens, no matter what I say. <laughs> <laughs> the illusion of choice. But they did it so well, I didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> and that's amazing. What yeah. about you, B? That seems like. <laughs> if I had spent money to play a game like that. I had all these decisions to make that just end up with the exact same storyline at the end. I'm like, fuck it. That's hell. one of those things you don't want to find out, right? <laughs> so, yeah, uh, get, I can see why why some people would be disappointed, but at the same time, I was impressed because it was still a good story anyway. Yeah. This has happened to me recently, and I didn't say, hey, you're supposed to go west. I completely improved their entire going east thing. And that's actually what we're going to be talking about today. Was a, some potential solutions to that problem, because not everyone can do that. Honestly, nightmare. if you don't, if you haven't played with Brandon, <laughs> he has a gift for improvisation, and I don't know if that's from practice or just because he never prepared and had to was forced into it. I was in drama club in high school. Uh, um, man, I hate it when he gives a reasonable answer. Now uh, he, he ended up going east. I'm like, oh, fine. okay, fine. You're going east. He's doing all this stuff, and I remember that. He's multi-classing into Barbarian mm-hmm. and into Paladin. Paladin's going to be his next level. And it's like, okay, what am I going to do about this? Everyone went west. Can went you east. smite while you rage? It's not a spell. Yes. That's awesome. Holy Sorry. Shit. I just... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> not something I'd ever really thought about until just now. So he meets three Paladins in the city that he goes to. Mm-hmm. And they're like saying, hey, if you're interested in traveling down one of our paths or seeing what it's like to be a paladin, let you do a take a kid to work kind of day. <laughs> I love that. And there's a bunch of bandits off to the west that we need to go and take care of. And he's like, oh, yeah, that sounds fun. And so they do so. And it turns out the bandits they're going to get is uh, this secret hideout of kobolds and lizard men mm-hmm. who are making nitroglycerin bottles. And the other adventurers 
they came across them first, and they ended up going whoop, right into each other. Wah, wah. Interesting. It's pretty cool. I like that. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. That was kind of long-winded, sorry. No, it's fine. That's what we're talking about. So, um, And that kind of leads into our first point here is wandering off course. Um, it's easy to want to be heavy-handed with that. Um, and kind of force them. That goes back to the first statement I made about, hey, you guys, I don't have nothing prepared. You got to go this way. Or Ian's purport, uh, 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 I think it was Ian that said, uh, no matter where you go, you're going to fight an elf that needs help, right? Is that what you said? Find one, yeah. Find an elf that needs help. Um, that's a very heavy handed approach. And I think that there's better ways to do that. Yeah, like using our one page adventures. Yep. Uh, yes, but you can become a patron <laughs> and get them, or you can head on over to CritAcademy.com slash CritStore and get our uh, uh, our Unearthed Adventures Volume 1, 2, and 3. I'll uh, plug the fuck out of that. Anyways, yeah. <laughs> uh, but that's actually one of the solutions I wanted to talk about. When the players wander off course, sometimes it's just nice to um, find a story-driven way why they need to go back. Now, they're not always going to bite that hook, right? Uh, a really good example uh, that happened to me, um, and if you guys got a similar story, I'd love to hear it, was um, the a village was burning. Yep. And oh, no. the characters were on a quest to fight some trolls or some, a couple trolls. So they had the choice to go back to the village and help it or finish the job with the trolls who are uh, stopping trade from coming in. So they're mm. starving. They decided the starvation was the bigger issue. So I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, no, that's not. The people are going to be dead by the time you come back. But obviously I can't tell them that. I just say, you know, there is risk there, right? What if they can't contain it? Oh, there's enough of them. They can contain it. They couldn't contain it. I love how you look at the camera like your players are watching. <laughs> oh, they are, I'm sure. <laughs> Now, I recall one time where I made it very clear in the game of Dragon Age where the players are like, let's for the deep roads. When I made it very clear, there's Darkspawn all over the place. Nope, we're going to keep us from the deep roads. They eventually came back to, to the fortress where they're staying at. What is on fire? <laughs> and burning down. And that's what happened to the village, right? Yep. The village was gone. So they went to collect a reward. That and there was none. <laughs> so, and oh, a character did die during that fight with the uh, trolls because I changed the trolls' weakness from fire to acid. I thought acid was an option anyway. Don't you tell me that because then I totally – well, I maybe I just got rid of the fire then. Okay. <laughs> uh, but anyways, um, and so they kept using fire spells and it was not super effective at all. Silverwolf Brooks just brings up a good point and that is tying a PC's backstory into a place that everyone goes to. Yes. I like that, that. That's a really good way to do it. So if they're wandering off course, you can toss things right in that are based on their backstory. A good ah. DM keeps the character uh, sheets with them. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, only for swamp trolls. <laughs> <laughs> ah, only for swamp trolls. I love it. Um, so uh, what are some examples of you guys using ways you've kind of uh, used subtly fixing wandering off course? It wasn't heavy handed. That's a nice kind of nudge. Good time. <laughs> Good time. Good time. Yeah, you were derailing the hell out of that. And I was like, I got to think of something. That'll work. Justin's character, Brick, started pissing in the road saying we're going to do good time. And I was like, what the fuck is good time? <laughs> um, Brick's a hat was a half work, right? Yeah. And the guard shows up and they're like, oh, we're going to arrest all of you. And then the captain shows up, says, what's going on here? Brick says, we're doing good time. I'm like, oh, good time? Blood wrestling. That's Friday. It's not the Coliseum. 
And our faces are like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) You drove that that home really right. And that's a really great way that I was getting out of – uh, I was derailing, and you you brought the focus back into the the that game. Was so hard. So it's like, oh, it's it's Friday, so I guess I'll have to wait. And then we just went back to whatever the hell we were supposed to be doing. I don't even remember <laughs> that. I just remember a good time. And then that meme uh, Ian sent of the wrestlers kicking each other, and then good times splattered across it. Um, yeah, I took it from a anime where pro wrestler was the Isekai hero. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, uh. So what happens when uh, they continue their their uh, they continue to wander off course, and you haven't thought of anything powerful tools, right? Yep. And honestly, I think this is where extra combat encounters are great because they take so long. Yep. Right. Mm-hmm. You guys ever had to pull out a uh, random combat encounter just so you didn't? It's like, oh, they're going a the direction down this, and this road is not finished built being built, so. Oh, you're gonna get robbed. Well, no, you, you confess more than a few times. Like, oh, they didn't go to the direction. I'm just gonna move the combat counter over here. <laughs> I, I, and I, I have done that, and that's probably not the right thing to do. Not but necessarily. I'm lazy. <laughs> not necessarily because that can work, yeah. especially when you adjust the context. Yes, it, that's the important part, right? The context. Yeah. You Co- can easily, context does matter. You can easily change the the combat from one scenario to another just by changing the 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 situ- the, the the context of the the battle. What were you gonna say, Brandon? As I've done something similar like that. It was at my uh, Dabble Games. Because uh, they got a map on the TV. But as the player view and as the DM, I got my own thing right here. So I can see where all the monsters are and stuff. They're completely avoiding going around. You remember the uh, the map I made for us? The wintry one mm-hmm. uh, that's in the cave or the cavern. And it's, it's got the uh, I'm the nodding fortress. my head, but I really don't remember. Well, there's a fortress. And there's an obvious path that you have to follow through. Because if you turn left, there's a giant pit with spikes, and it's not very easy to be able to get over because it's a tight squeeze and stuff. And I forget the players that can fly or they have spider climb and all that <laughs> other shit. There. So I'm like, okay, this monster, I'm going to go boop, boop, and put him right up here. Yep. And That's a good way to do it. Yeah, you have to be careful about forgetting some stuff, too. <laughs> Let me rephrase. How you deal with it. Yep. Because like, just, cause I remember in a few games of Gamma World, I, like my random mutation was teleportation. And there's a huge catwalk all, 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 going around and scaling up. I'm like, I thought we're over here, which would have broken the entire encounter. <laughs> and but, that's yeah. and the DM's like, no, you can't. There's a force field blocking it, which nobody believed for one second. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so and and that that comes back to the design of the adventure, right? Yep. Um, and, they and can't just, take into account all the powers and features that a character party has. Yep. And that could also mean that sometimes, with the way that the adventure is designed, the characters might not have features to complete adventures. Yes, and as the dungeon master, that's why it's important to get an idea of what is contained in the, the yep. publication beforehand. Yep. And Andrew said that, that when players go off the rails, he has a book that's full of like a one-page of, page of dungeons and adventures that he purchased from a local game store. And yeah, I was, was going to ask Andrew, is that like a book of like Battle Grid dungeons or like adventure? Because if it's a battle grid of dungeons, I might. Yeah, we mentioned that. If earlier. I had to Ooh, guess, I must be talking about Crit Academy's Unearthed Adventures, Volume One, Two, or Three, <laughs> which you can pick up over at our website right now at CritAcademy.com. Yes. Anyways, so uh, and you, you find in published adventures, there's no possible way for the designers to know exactly mm-hmm. what's in there. So a thing you can do is what both of the, yep. these gentlemen did. Brandon put a challenge in in there that wouldn't have been there otherwise. Because they can fly right over the 
right over the 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 the, the challenge. Assholes. Um, and and <laughs> I've come up with fun ways to do things like these. I like illusions, right? Yep. I think worlds should be filled with more and more <laughs> fuck your illusions, man. <laughs> more and more illusions, <laughs> um, because it's such a simple way to trap people. I step in the water, you fall forty feet. Um, what? <laughs> I yeah, I, lo- I love me some uh, illusions, and uh, I think chaotic magic in a fantasy realm should be more prevalent fantastic terrain should be more prevalent which you can head on over to critacademy.com and pick up right now wow why these pleasure shameless today <laughs> anyways <laughs> uh, that, that was like pure happenstance i promise um but being able to say okay let me what are some things that my players do really really well mm-hmm. and that are unique and yep. then you can take that into consideration as you're reading a module or designing an adventure because Otherwise, like the one that we see all the time is, I don't want my players to fly, because why? Why should I let an Aarakocra who can fly at level one? That's overpowered. Not if the adventure is in a cave or that's can, got a ten foot high ceiling. Or if the bad guys have nets. Or the bad guys have nets. Or crossbows. Or crossbows. Or slings. Or javelins. Any or number axes. of things. <laughs> that's a, that's a really good example of people thinking that the design is the fault when it's not really yeah. right. Yeah. Like I've seen seen a few YouTubers that insist that fifth edition is very very forgiving. It's hard to kill players and challenge them. I'm like then you're not running it right. I would agree with that assessment. So it's like you're the DM. You have a full master manual. You have a DMG G of tools. You have all the tools in the player's handbook. You can use those too. If they're going things too easily, it's your fault. So I got a question. What happens when a flying creature is grappled? It falls. If you throw a bag full of crawling claws at them. <laughs> one is going to grapple people. Doesn't have doesn't have much hit points. Doesn't but if you throw a bag of them, that bitch gonna. F- and if you don't have something prepared, that's okay. I think DMs themselves sometimes pull their punches, and that's like when yeah. they should. Right. <laughs> that last game, I did not. I almost DPK'd the whole party. Oh no, uh, that was bad. Uh, there was one player left standing. He had four HP. I went to attack, and it was like a nineteen on the die. I said, "Oh damn, he missed. You better go run and get the other paladins." It's like that's what I'm gonna do. They was okay. that close to that some action dead. Opportunity attack. No. Right. Um, <laughs> I bought 150 D100 tables for a dollar on Etsy. There you go. That's fantastic. So, I mean, some, of them are, some of them are pretty useless. but. And I think uh, the Xanathers came up with a lot more, too, if there's I'm not a, mistaken. I think there's some in there, yeah. Um, I think what they do is they create a tables just by environment and then tell you which monsters are in it. So there's Ooh. ways to waylay a poor design to give you more time to think. Um, yep. Sometimes it's just good to let go and just move on. Yeah, yeah and I do. I have seen times where d- players did something the DM didn't want to do, and he would not let it go, and it was painful to watch for everybody, <laughs> especially the players. Yeah, sometimes when something is just falling apart, just let it go and move on. So, like, do you have a, you want to share your example? Oh, I have a few, but I'll just oh, like well, one. Just one good one. Yeah, <laughs> like this one time where a D- DM in one game I played created a puzzle. And he intended for it to take a half hour. <laughs> we solved it in five minutes. <laughs> this is like two minutes later. Boop. And, and but even though he solved it very obviously, he would he 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 did not allow it to be solved. So we spent like the other twenty five minutes trying to like um okay that should have worked. So prodding around until we finally triggered the solution that we did twenty five minutes earlier. It's like come on, dude. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you just got to let it go and move on and push the story forward because that's yeah. it. You don't want it to come to a halt. And sometimes adventures can lead players to in areas that they haven't fleshed out. Yeah. And sometimes it's just like, yeah, you get here and there's nothing. Yeah. Sorry. And sometimes 
And admittedly, there's a bit of give and take here, too. Let's be real. Sometimes some of the hooks that the DMs give, the players just aren't interested in. Or Yes, take the hooks the DM gives you. But sometimes... Please. <laughs> get, but, but inversely, the way you have to pre- present the hooks, too, are important. That's kind of where the give and take comes in. Because, yeah. like, a good example of a player do- doing being a terrible player of not taking a hook was a player by himself. This is a fortune teller. And basically gave a very highly specific doom and glo- world-ending prophecy, which was clearly meant to be an adventure hook for the entire campaign. This question was, eh, whatever. Walked away. <laughs> yeah, you're on. If you're on an adventure, yeah, you're here to play a game. Yeah, play it. But, but I remember one time too, where an, exa- an example of a bad hook presentation. The players were in a city we didn't want to be in in the first place because we got teleported there. And we keep repeatedly saying we're trying to leave the city, but the DM would not let us leave the city by stonewalling us with like a with NPC dialogue. <laughs> Despite us repeatedly saying we want to leave, we're trying to leave, we are yeah. walking away. So, and, and as we're we're leaving, it goes, oh, a fight breaks out between these two factions. We don't care. We don't know who those guys are. We have no investment in them. We have no stake in that fight. <laughs> and if an adventure doesn't do that, yeah. it's poorly designed. <laughs> So, in this case, would be a great example. Just move on. Yep. Why keep pushing your players back where they don't want to go? DM's responsibility is to listen. And sometimes ignore, but mostly listen and take action. And (laughs) I use that example in particular, though, because your hooks, the way you present them, are important. And there is a give and take there. Yes, players should try to take the hooks as much as possible. But if you give a bad hook, too, they're not going to bite. And and there's times where can you blame them for that in some cases. See, and this is where I'm very liberal with hooks. You ever uh, uh, seen the party poppers? Yep. You pull them and they everywhere. That's my hooks. That's not a very good way to do it. I don't recommend that. <laughs> okay. But that's how I do it. <laughs> okay. okay. Whereas when I mentioned that the whole thing to to my friends who are very experienced DM, like, see what I would have done was one of the factions got got word that the other faction hired adventurers. You were new in town, so they assumed it was you, so they inv- attacked you. Mm-hmm. So that then would make you hate them. Right. <laughs> Someone the two fought, then you would be more like the. Join the other side. Just go f those guys. Yeah, that would have been a good example of. That's a good way to to redirect it and get them involved, right? Yeah, and you can time in the backstories, right? Yeah. I don't know if you guys played with the pre-generated characters. I think uh, one, the rogue actually has a, a connection to the red brands, right? Yep. The rouge. Um, <laughs> and they, I think, in one 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 uh, game, the rogue didn't want to be tied to it. Well, in the background, talks about his aunt. I was like, oh, those bitches took your aunt because you owe money. Oh, you're interested now. Because it says, you know, this is important. Now the player is kind of like, eh, I guess I got to go. But, you know, that's how it goes. Brandon, do you have any story related to the just, the, you know, let it go and move on? You've had plenty of time to talk about it with as much rambling as no, Ian just did. No, I, not that I can think of, actually. I'm saying his hamster wheel's turning. <laughs> <laughs> it's there. Do you see the smoke yet? It's getting hot in here. But well, no, the AC uh, is off. <laughs> we just had to continue. Not No, not that I can think of. Okay. Um, so not my I don't really have any good I- examples for let it go and move on, except for a time that I had a, uh, um, I know I've yeah. talked about this on the show before. Yeah. There was a situation where I was playing a, a lawful good sorcerer and we were ambushed by orcs. Oh yeah. He said the story a lot. <laughs> oh yeah. And I put him to sleep <laughs> and then the party we all want to just kill him and your DM's a yeah and the dm <laughs> wouldn't let go with the fact that i can't my character can't do that because he he's lawful. Be lawful good 
Like, they tried to kill us. Just because I put them to sleep and wanted to finish the job doesn't mean I wasn't abiding by the laws of the yep. land. Because they'll wake up, they'll pursue us, and they'll try and kill us again. Which is exactly what happened, and my character died. Because in the middle of a very hard battle that we were barely walking away from, two damn spears came flying out of nowhere, yep. pierced my sorcerer in the chest, and died. Yep. That would have been a really great time for the DM just to give in to what we were saying and just move on. But instead, he was vindictive and couldn't let it go and killed me. There's one one time to to same DM where there was like a a uh, it's an NPC next to a NPC. I'm like I cast lightning, but but there's a hostage. You assume my character cares. That's. I feel like. Like, could you imagine if Goku did something like that? Yeah. But Vegeta does do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That can't so the hostage is no hostage. Oh my goodness! All right. So, um, <laughs> imagine the, the villain's reaction be like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> so, as we've mentioned, there's sometimes that uh, the the game or the adventure design doesn't compensate for whatever skills the players themselves have. Yep. The optimization, maybe the level, maybe the resourcefulness of the players. Yep. And sometimes they just find their way of skipping around different challenges. That's not a bad thing. I think we got to touch on this a little bit earlier to a degree, but when players come up with a solution that the the adventure was not prepped for, don't throw up a lot of BS about why it doesn't work. Because, right. quite frankly, players can see through that. Oh, for sure. Like, I know I've used this as an example many times, but in the Dragon Age RPG, I'm using another example, I once cast the, the spell Shapes, Shape Stone to, to basically tell them to a wall at night. That was my intent. The was like, you can't do that. Why not? Because it doesn't work on Workstone. There's nothing in it the spell say that says that. that. I can't shot shake my way out of this place. <laughs> <laughs> so... Um, when situations like that happen, yep. and they do find a way to bypass something like shape stone to tunnel their way through a castle, right? Just let them skip to the end. Yeah, just or as I used an example one time too in the Pathfinder game, there's a there's a dungeon with three sub levels that go straight da- down. And the final boss is the bottom. Okay, shape stone. Next floor, shape stone. Next floor, shape stone. Son of a. <laughs> But that's what I'm saying. Sometimes that's okay, right? Yep. Yeah. In some other cases, it's not. Okay. Because the mod, the haunt, everyone's yeah. right to that. I hope so, because I'm about to do some spoilers. Spoilers <laughs> for the haunt. You have a minute to pause it. I love the haunt, by the way. The haunt's so much fun. I really got to get the haunt 2 and 3. Yeah, you do. I've got PV from PV Publishing. Phil Beckwith does amazing work. I've got his combination oh. book, hardcover, yeah, and it's I, amazing. I now I remember for, for when you were in the haunt too, and I completely derailed it. <laughs> yes, and we'll talk about that because that was one of the things that wasn't expected. <laughs> but uh, in the haunt, in the first one, uh, after you've explored five more rooms, the gate that uh, blocks off the basement and the up upstairs uh, gets open. Just opens. Yep. When you go downstairs, there's a puzzle. If you fail the puzzle, all the characters get knocked out and they regain consciousness outside the boss room. That cuts out like two and a half hours of play in, in the upper levels. Mm-hmm. And I've been just completely being like, there's no basement. I mean, cutting that out because it's, I think it's not fun for the players that they're going to miss on a whole bunch of stuff. Instead, I came up with a better idea oh. that's going to make it oh. more. Woo. Can I tell you my idea before I hear yours? So if it's the same, I didn't steal it from you. Yeah, sure. 
So uh, the 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 basement thing is <laughs> you you're talking about when they're me. putting uh, sticking together the the, the human uh, corpse. Yeah, the uh, flesh. Golem? Yeah, the flesh golem, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I just have it all come to life, regardless. And there's little flopping pieces around to try to pull themselves together. <laughs> that try to kill him. Yeah. I didn't think that. That's a really good one. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that's where you're going. I want to say I did this. Okay. You know, what's well, your solution? Yes. My solution was if they fail. They regain consciousness in the basement, but when they go back upstairs, the entire house is mirrored. Ooh, it's backwards. I love that. Yeah. That is some Castlevania Symphony of the Night shit right there. And then when you're when you're done, you can completely mirror the rest of the world, too. Like <gasps> they think they're heading east, they're really heading west. It's all backwards. That's so cool. They meet so. they meet people who uh they're like their hearts on the wrong side of the body or something, you know what I mean? A mirror verse. That's cool. I like that. Alright, yeah. so um, skipping to the end is not a bad thing, and in fact, it rewards the creativity of the players. Yeah. And if that happens, sometimes it doesn't need to be fixed. Yeah, big thing: don't punch the players, especially yeah. if they were being smart. Now, I want to go back to uh, Mr. Shape Stones uh, <laughs> burning through a castle really quick. For me, the haunt too. I think yeah, we're gonna talk about that one too because I, I don't I forgot for a second. Okay. <laughs> You could leverage that. Sure, they get through and get right to where they're supposed to, but now all that shape stone has messed up the integrity of the castle. And during the epic boss fight, it comes crawling down. Let's talk about how you screwed up my uh, or you, haunt uh, encounter. Or you missed the magic item you need to kill the boss. Mismatch of what? Or you missed the magic item you need to kill the boss. Oh, like like a silver sword to take out the werewolf. Yeah. I like that. So, uh, in The Haunt 2, uh, spoiler alert coming up if you haven't played The Haunt 2. I'm a DM, so it's okay. So, uh, <laughs> what's interesting is they – I took their, one of the little – the little uh, there's a little killer doll basically, right? A Terrorizes that the, the hell out of everyone. And for me, I shrunk her down a little bit. I made her, you know, about 16 inches. Like uh, uh, Army – like, Well, Chucky's still pretty child size, but what is yeah. the uh, – the uh, toy soldiers, right? Oh, small soldiers. Uh, small soldiers. Um, I took a kind of inspiration from that. And so it crawls up on your body and stabs you with a little tiny dagger over and over and over. Yep. Well, um, she's supposed to do that and run away. Yep. And they also ran down a hall where they were attacked by a gelatinous cube. And it's grappled on and climbing all over my boy here, uh, Ian. And he's just like... I wonder if she's acid resistant. It just <laughs> jumps into the gelatinous cube. I grappled her first, then jumped in. So she couldn't break free. <laughs> it was horrible. I didn't realize the story was from the haunt, too. Yeah. It is. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and so that wasn't something I was betting because he held her. She didn't have a high strength, so she couldn't really get away. Um, and the, did that end up killing her? Yes, it did. Okay. Yeah, that, that sucked. <laughs> because because her strength score sucked and she couldn't escape the gray <laughs> Yeah, it was, uh, it was horrible. So... Thank you for that, but I, I let it, I let it keep going. I didn't take that away from him. And you still, and you just sit the stomach. Um, uh, I'm gonna stab you. <laughs> and, uh, what do I do? Del Del I was I was thinking about that too. Yeah, because that makes a lot of sense. If, if you're in a prison, there's there would most likely be an anti magic field within the cells. Yeah, but and yes, I do think it's worth knowing though that yes, they're in the world. You are in the, in the world where magic exists. Yes, it's more than fair to assume that there are some kind of in place or anti magic fields built in here and there at locations. But yeah, uh, but that doesn't mean you can prep for everything. And if you can't prep for everything, then the world can't prep for everything either. Yeah, because you right. can only prep so many things. And let's be real here: prepping costs money. Yep. And there's only so much of it. Brady looks like he's about to blow a stop. What? Uh, we we should have, <laughs> we should develop an adventure 
where the adventurers go to an island who have been completely cut off from the rest of the world and there is no magic there. So magic users do discover this place appear to be gods to them. Oh, so they still have magic. Okay. They have magic, but nobody there has magic. Yes. Okay. Because it sounded like magic didn't work like an anti-magic island is what I thought you were going to say. Yeah. No, just the people on the island don't use magic. Yeah. and they don't The know Mr. Drizzle idea first. <laughs> Drizzle. Mr. Drizzle. His, his adventure. Uh, uh, a, a skeevy stoner teacher who uses is a wizard that uses magic to oh, yeah? shrink the maybe <laughs> shrink the the party? player party and then go into the inside of a dragon and learn all about its organs while fighting off the uh, the the inside of the dragon <laughs> that's trying to kill him. I love just a bunch of oozes. <laughs> I just saw a TikTok that said that Miss Prizzle would only work in science; it would not work in like history or anything like that. Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. It's Anyways, so go back to the time of World War II and tell yeah, stories. Like, Ever, what's a Nazi? Well, come on, kids, get in the bus. <laughs> <laughs> I promise you will not see this coming. Anyway. Oh, my God. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So what are some other things you can do? Um, sometimes, uh, and, and Ian touched on this earlier, sometimes people, the players just figure stuff out of, before you get to the yep. enough technical clues. They stumble across it by throwing a bunch of mud at the wall and finding what sticks, right? Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> That can really make the ending kind of anticlimactic if they already know the answer throughout the whole thing. Yep. So I think tossing in, uh, introducing new plot twists is a really good way to do that. Yep. Have you guys ever had to do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. I just love when game we're, we're playing using masterminds, mm-hmm. and the GM at the time was on like a kung fu movie kick. <laughs> Okay. And I think he actually recently watched Big Trouble in Little China. And right off the bat, we encounter a a Chinese wizard. And he he's like, here's this all powerful character. Enough and, and you should all fight him. I'm like, well, my ninja character goes first. Oh, I crit hit him. <laughs> and he and he failed his save <laughs> for me punching him. He's like, um you just one shot the the big bad evil guy. <laughs> I think get, and he went, and when you punch him, he explodes because that was actually a a clay statue clone. <laughs> that is a very clever plot twist. Yep. Oh, you didn't get the real bad guy. You got his. <laughs> you got a, a doppelganger. I like get, that. You got his Doombot. His Doombot. That's really good. Um, and I think this is a good way to do that, Brandon. You you kind of laughed. Do you have a story? Mm-hmm. Where you chant yeah. to do a plot oh. twist because the players figured something out they shouldn't have. Uh-huh. Oh my god! Oh, something I, they shouldn't have figured out. I smite, I smite you, no. you bad guy. When they paled and smite the villain in the, in the first round, villain. That was only my first form. What? <laughs> what are you saying, Brandon? No, no. You, nothing. You said all the time. Sorry. No, I've had plot twists just not because they discovered something. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. So this has happened to me a couple times. Um. One of the things that I did, uh, I think this is in 4th edition, if I remember right, and the party had kind of figured out who the big bad main villain was and were basically developing all the strategies they can to fight the Necromancer. <laughs> They're bringing a holy everything, smites, you know, prayer beads, whatever they can find, and they decide they're going to lure him, lure him out. And I'm like, man, this guy, if they lure him out where he's got his zombies to protect him, he's going to go down like that. And so when they were they're planning this, I felt kind of bad. But in the same token, I'm like, they're going to they're going to one shot him. 
if he's got no cover, but I feel like I should reward that. So I'm going to go halfway and meet in the middle so it's not over in a single round. I'm going to reward or reward their prep. So as they're going uh, adventuring into the dungeon, they pass through this room that I added because of their strategy, which is it's got two basically uh, tom- tombs, mm-hmm. right? And in it are um, past advent or past adventurers right yeah and so they lure him out where he's got you know all his zombies kind of congregated and they lure him out with uh, some trickery and illusions and stuff and he wanders out and when they fight him the two uh creatures come to life the undead they're not zombies they're stronger but now they're fighting only three monsters instead of an entire armada and that was what it ended up being is that the the twist on it was is the adventurers that they were fighting were the previous group of adventurers that died in the party that were being experimented on by the necromancer, which is driving part of the, they, the necromancer killed their allies. Yeah. But we never really settled what happened to them. So he went and took their bodies and was making them. So they not only had to fight the necromancer, but they had to fight their own player characters um, obviously, there were monster stat blocks instead of character stat blocks, but yeah. it created a, an emotional thing that wouldn't have been there, and it was only there because of the amount of prep that they went through, and I had to think outside the box or outside the tomb. Yeah. <laughs> now, granted, part of this was because a DM did prepare this ahead of time because he knew how effective the players were, but I remember one example I remember reading was Paladin rolled first, they're fighting a lich, and the... Pendle ran up, swung down his great sword, rolled that twenty, decided to, to, to turbo smite smite the uh, <laughs> the, the lich, mm-hmm. only for for an impact. A medallion on the lich suddenly started glowing, and one of the zombie minions suddenly exploded. I love that because all the, the damage got redirected to one of his minions that he he was tied to. That's cool. <laughs> Imagine yeah. the devil going. I am now suddenly in a very bad situation. <laughs> there was a twist that I I had to do now that. You, we're talking about it. It's like, oh, that's right. It's when they had to fight Scorpion and Sub Zero. Oh, uh, my, my other uh, players. Mortal this Kombat. I told you that the big bad threw a javelin into the bridge, which yeah. activated an anti magic field. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Scorpion and Sub Zero, they're using magic. And the players said, "Well, wait, wait. How are they able to use magic?" It's like, and right off the top of my head, I was like, "You should give me a perception check." Oh, they did perception checks. It's like you see these glowing medallions just underneath their cloaks. Because you had forgotten. Yeah, that that they were in an anti magic field. That is slick. I was like, fuck. <laughs> so did those become a target? Yep. No, they did not become a target. Well, for stealing, they did. <laughs> one, got medallions that work in anti magic fields. Well, here was here was one of the plans that the, the characters had. I had to award inspiration for it because it was so brilliant. One of the characters stood at the edge of the bridge to wait for Scorpion to charge at them. Because one of his tactics was to grab and jump off, and then Misty step back because he's spec. That's what he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he went to grab her, and she said, "I want to do a sleight of hand to remove the uh, amulet." I was like, "Okay." She does it. She removes the amulet, and she uses Misty step to appear back on the bridge while he falls because he can't use it. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. I was like, "That's so fucking cool." That was yeah. awesome. In the summer vein, I remember one time where I had some players fight some flame skulls. And one player cast Cone of Cold and did a massive damage to all of them. But then, like, a couple around, but then later in the round, one player ca- cast um, Ray of Frost. I'm like, oh, that doesn't do damage because it's their, their immune to cold. Did the first player, wait a second, how do you explain all this damage then <laughs> with Cone of Cold? Me? 
because I effed up. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes you just need to be straightforward because yeah. we yeah. can make mistakes, right? <laughs> yep. So, yeah. um, all right. So the last thing I want to touch on before we close out, and it's going to be really quick. Yep. Uh, tactical mastery players. Yep. Oh Adventures God. can't compensate for tactical genius. So when that happens, take your monster's tactical genius up to the next level. Yep. Don't – I mean you can add more monsters if you want, but finding a way to get the most out of the abilities that the monster have and play just as tactically yep. is a far more engaging way to deal with tactical players than just saying, oh, you can fly. Now you're in a tunnel. Yep. Honestly, I'm actually glad to see strong players or smart players. I'm like, oh, that means I can bring out the fun stuff now. Yeah, right, right, right. So, um, Or shoot, that one battle royale we were in, that one other player is a ranger. Come on, hit me. I'm level three, but my ace is a 19. Hit that. Me? I'll grapple you. What? <laughs> <laughs> but that's what I'm talking about. So uh, play, uh, play, play smart. So um, there, when it comes to fixing Dungeons & Dragons problems, we know D&D is a lot of fun. We know that um, it can be – it's serious sometimes though. And sometimes the players, uh, they go the wrong way. You can laugh it off and you can force feed them down a tube or you can find clever ways to deal with it. Yep. Um, regardless of what tact you use, always try to remember – that the players aren't dumb and will know in most cases whether you're fudging stuff just to make it go the way you want. It's better to come up with uh, a sound reason of why things are unfolding the way they were. Yep. A good example is the the Necromancer one, right? Yep. Um, that was a thing I had to make up, but it ended up fitting in with what was going on. And sometimes you just have to admit at the end of the day, I messed up. Mm. Yes. Right, Brandon? <laughs> uh, yes, sometimes players can recognize when you're messing up, unless you can determine a way to be a good actor, <laughs> which I have done. I've, I got my, my, th- oh, my dice tray, right? And I always have a D20, like, just kind of like set to yes. one, just in case. And I'll roll, and I'll go, oh, shit. And like, what? It's like, you, come here and verify this. Uh, it's the pink one. You son of a bitch. <laughs> All right, that'll do it for our show today. Um, before we close out, I just want to say um, our Kickstarter is live. Head on over and back it right now and help bring our greatest creation to life in your hands. If you don't know what exotic equipment perks are, they are powerful additions to armor and weapons that makes each and every one of them feel unique. No longer is the pole arms going to f- feel exactly the same. They're going to each have unique abilities that function in very specific circumstances. A really great one is the lance. When you attack somebody with a shield on mounted uh, on a creature, it can not only knock them off the horse or their mount, but also can shatter and drop, make them drop their shields. So that's very specific, but is a very powerful, unique way to use that when you want to. Um, and each weapon is unique, and each armor is unique. We even have exotic weapons and armor to make your experiences that much more fun so once again uh, exotic equipment perk is live on kickstarter please consider supporting us if you enjoy the show and you want to support us visit us at craiggaming.com follow us on social media and leave us a review i'm your host justin i'm your co-host ian i'm your co-host brandon thanks for listening keep your blade sharp and spells prepared heroes we're supposed to all be i was gonna say you know